Big Five Global on Dubai Eye 103.8. Hello and a very warm welcome to this, our second edition of the Big Five Global podcast. Now, I'm Georgia Tolley and over the next 20 minutes or so, we are going to be continuing our conversation about all things construction. And that is because, of course, we are currently on the countdown to the Big Five Global event itself. It's going to be taking place from December the 4th until the 7th, right here in Dubai. And last week, we were looking at how technology is transforming the construction sector and the various different steps that developers can take to reduce the industry's carbon footprint. So this week, as a sort of continuation of a theme, we're actually going to turn our attention to net zero cities, what they are, how they work, and what it's actually like to live in one. Now, I'm very pleased to be joined in the studio to take us on something of a journey around a smart city, a virtual smart city and a real one. I'm joined now by Majid Fayad. He works for Dubai's Supreme Council of Energy and he is their DSM strategy and policy lead. Majid, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Georgia, for having me. I'm very pleased to be part of this podcast. Majid, I'm going to start with a very obvious question in many ways. Can you tell us a bit more about this DSM strategy that you're leading? DSM is the demand side management strategy. Strategy. And when we're looking at demand, it's the energy and the water consumption in Dubai. This year, we celebrate 10 years anniversary of the implementation of the demand side management strategy, which aims to reduce Dubai's consumption by 30% on energy and water level by 2030. And this is done by focusing on increasing the efficiency levels of the whole built environment, starting from buildings, infrastructure, to systems, processes, and appliances. We get a sense there of a very joined up scenario. The fact that, you know, you're bringing all of those elements together and that you've already been going for a decade. I imagine when the strategy was created, there was also a way of measuring its successes. Definitely. So a big part of the strategy and the successes of the strategy is the reduction of the energy and water demand per capita in Dubai. If we compare to the 2010 figures, we have reduced by 17% and 19% on the energy and the water per capita figures. And the strategy has also resulted in cost savings of 11.5 billion dirhams to this year. That is a very important number because, of course, most people presume that when they're engaging with sustainable strategies, they're trying to be more eco-friendly, that it's going to cost them money. No, not at all, especially if you're smart about picking solutions. So the demand side management strategy focuses on energy efficiency and energy efficiency technologies. And what is brilliant about energy efficiency technologies is that these technologies exist and are cost effective now. So if you want to advance or accelerate our transition to net zero cities, we need to rely on these technologies at first and accelerate the transition or increase the adoption of energy efficiency technologies. Can you give me an example of some of these technologies? Yeah, so definitely looking at AC systems, air conditioning systems that are efficient, looking at appliances in homes, TVs, refrigerators that have a high star rating. All of these are would cost you a bit more, but are very cost effective. And also looking at passive measures, passive design measures. When we talk to developers and consultants and designers, we always tell them, look, whenever you're designing a building, please consider these low-cost, zero-cost measures that can reduce the energy consumption in buildings in the future. 
And some examples of that is the orientation of the building, is the size of the windows, the location of the windows. And these measures can reduce 10% of the energy consumption without additional cost. Now, of course, when you mentioned air conditioning, I was reminded that if you're ever going to find it difficult to create a, a net zero city, it is, of course, going to be in this region because of the issues we face with heat, with dust, with humidity. Mm-hmm. Is it particularly difficult in this region to make those energy savings? Well, it is difficult. It's not easy. It's not an easy task. Net zero is is a difficult, very challenging task, especially when we look at cooling. Cooling uh, contributes to up to 70% of electricity consumption in buildings. So we need a particular focus on cooling. And Dubai government has put a lot of focus on efficient cooling and district cooling. The market now, we have 25% of the market of cooling technologies that are provided by district cooling. And more than half of the cooling technologies in Dubai are very efficient. So we are on the right track, actually, because um, maximizing on energy efficiency and maximizing on other technologies puts you on the right track to achieving net zero. But it's not easy. We're very lucky here in Dubai in that the city is still being built around us. So in many ways, if you want to create a smart neighborhood, you can be prescriptive right from the very start. But are you also focusing your energy on retrofitting what we already have here? So our second program under the demand side management strategy focuses on retrofitting. Our main target here is to retrofit the existing building stock and the inefficient buildings in the the existing building stock. So our target is to retrofit 30,000 buildings by 2030. We currently retrofitted more than 5,000 buildings. When we look at net zero and the decarbonization, we need to also push these boundaries. So we currently have retrofit market that is full of what we call shallow retrofits or retrofits that reduce the energy consumption in buildings by 20%. But when we talk about decarbonization, we need to go beyond this 20% up to 50% in order to reduce the emissions of buildings and decarbonize the building stock. And I think it's very important to highlight the role of the private sector here. So the private sector would play a very important role in the retrofitting, especially in showcasing innovations that can reduce up to 50% of consumption and in creating pilot projects and case studies that are specific to our climate on deep retrofits. Is there a willingness from the private sector to do that, do you think? Or do they need a nudge from the public sector? I think it always goes hand in hand. Net zero is not a job of one stakeholder. Net zero cannot be achieved by government authorities only and cannot be achieved by private sector. It has to be a collaboration between private sector the public sector, as well as the civil society and end users. End users play a very important role in achieving net zero. Yeah, because you're going to need that consumer demand as well, aren't you? People are going to have to be saying, no, I am willing to compromise on the amount of light that comes into the property because I know that therefore I'm not going to spend so much money cooling it. We're not thinking about compromisation about the lifestyle of occupants. It's more about smart solutions that can reduce consumption rather than reducing demand, you know? So smart solutions include turning the lights off when you're not using the building, when you're not using the rooms, uh, using more efficient lighting. For example, if you compare to traditional technologies, efficient lighting reduces 80% of the lighting consumption. So I can turn the lights of all the house compared before to one room, you know, so that this is the, the comparison. 
But I think end users and occupant behavior is very important because they're like the missing part of the puzzle. Because if you have educated public willing to put the effort and are responsible for the climate battle and taking responsibility, we can achieve up to 10% savings just from end users. And this is with definitely no cost measure. However, it requires a lot of education and awareness campaigns targeting the public. You know, if we bring in those top three priorities that you mentioned there, you know, the need to bring the public sector in, the need to bring the private sector in, and also to engage with your consumers, can you in that situation foresee genuine financial savings? I think in Dubai, Dubai has demonstrated for over a decade now with the demand side management strategy, verified savings of 11 billion dirhams on the cost. And these savings are also translated on CO2 emissions, on energy reductions and water reductions as well. And I think we're always in Dubai very optimistic on the action, on the leadership taken by the government and also the leadership taken by the private sector. So I am optimistic that we will realize these savings. However, we need to work together. Marjid, absolutely fascinating there to discuss those elements with you and a very positive outlook, which I think is something that's quite difficult to achieve when you're normally talking about sustainability. So thank you very much for joining us in the studio. It's been a great pleasure to have you with us. Uh, Marjid Fayad there, he works for Dubai's Supreme Council of Energy as their DSM strategy and policy lead. Marjid, thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Georgia, for having me. Absolute pleasure. And of course, many of those subjects will indeed be discussed in detail at the Big Five global event that's coming up in December. Needless to say, the construction industry's transition to net zero really front of mind for many of the exhibitors there this year. Now, let's continue talking about net zero cities and find out how we actually build one along those lines. So I'm delighted and privileged to say I am joined now by Dr. Yanni Spanos. He is the Vice President of Sustainability at Expo City Dubai. So thank you for coming into our studio. Thank you. And it's my pleasure of being here. It's a great privilege for us to have you join us on this uh, Big Five Global podcast because, as I said there, we are focusing on sustainable, smart cities, on net zero cities on our podcast episode today. And I think I think it's almost fair to say that Expo City Dubai is aiming at least to be a, a sort of beacon of net zero cities in, in the whole world. Am I, am I right in that you're, estimation? You're correct on this statement. Recently, Expo City Dubai has published the decarbonization roadmap, a roadmap that explains that by 2050, an ambitious target to be net zero will be achieved, and we're explaining how this can be achieved. In the interim, we have provided targets by 2030, for example, a 40% reduction. We attach all the alignments and all the thinking behind the roadmap to the official UA government uh, publication of the decarbonization strategy. There is a lot of things that explaining within our, our strategy, and it will be also my pleasure to explain some of, of these things during the Big Five global event. Yeah, it must be a, a multi-layered strategy, not least because you're still building Expo City, aren't you? The actual strategy is focused on three items. One is to reduce, the other is remove, and the other is to offset. Considering the actual strategy, it is uh, in alignment with with the third update of the second national contribution report, which explain 
how the UA strategy has been developed. And if you see both of the strategies in the same alignment, we have to think in a space as usual, it's a scenario of growth. And of course, as we grow the city, will be a growth of emissions, and this has already been considered within the plan and the, and the roadmap, of course. Within growth, we're looking 40% reduction by 2030, which is very ambitious, but we want to be there. We want to be in alignment with the governmental and the UA strategies and the overall picture of where we shall move the city in the future. What type of things are you looking at to make sure that you're not creating huge amounts of carbon, for example? We have to understand that ExpoCity Dubai is the legacy of Expo 2020. And Expo 2020 was developed, uh, first of all, having in mind a sustainable city. And some of the elements of sustainability are considered as part of the current strategy. One of the things is 15-minute city. Um, Within the UAE, uh, 24% of the emissions are linked to transportation. We will not reduce 24% of our emissions by removing the cars. However, within the 15-minute city uh, and within the boundary of the Expo City Dubai, we're not using cars. We have electric buggies, we have scooters, and this helps a lot. At the same time, we're trying to optimize what we have now, and we take in consideration all the new developments that will come forward. Now, one of the things that I think that everyone who visited Expo 2020 will remember is the sheer number of green spaces. Now, are they helping you with your carbon footprint? Uh, the Expo City Dubai is a human-centric city. And I need to explain with a little bit more about that and how this is linked to biophilic urban design. The plan of the site looks like a leaf. It's there for a purpose. When it was designed, it was supposed to showcase sustainability, but has provided a lot of elements of operating the city that support decarbonization and support also business growth. These elements of space put people together and at the same time allow the easy movement of the people within the site. We should not forget that within the actual Expo City Dubai, there is the Terra building, the Terra, Terra Sustainability Pavilion, which was designed to be net zero energy and water, a very good case study. There is also one of the buildings that was uh, certified as a lead, uh, leadership environmental energy design as a platinum building. And within the actual Expo City Dubai boundary, there is 123 buildings that have been certified as part of the LEED certification. But do you intend to build more green areas, more green spaces to improve the sustainability of the neighbourhood? Biophilic design is the connection between the people and the nature. And within the site, we already have 48,000 square metres of parks and areas with 100 different native species that mostly are not requiring any chemical fertilizers and the water that is used for the growth is uh, from sustainable uh, sources. We have also the Expo Valley, a new project. Uh, that Expo Valley is a, either connects the, the natural environment, the wadi, and native plants with the new community which is attached to the Expo City Dubai. Everything is under one big framework and the carbonization roadmap presents how we're going to move there. Okay, but how about your tenants? Because, of course, this neighbourhood, this city, this new net zero city doesn't sort of operate on its own. You know, you can't just imprint your way. You know, Expo can't just Mm -hmm. insist Mm -hmm. on certain behaviours. You know, you're going to get tenants. You're going to get people moving in. How are you engaging with both your business and your residential tenants? 
to encourage them to behave in an eco-friendly way? I, I will go back and uh, focus on how the actual Expo City Dubai has been designed. And this design, uh, which is based on biophilic uh, urban planning, I have to explain a little bit more what that means. Biophilic is a term that, that actually is two terms together, bio from ecology and philic like a friend or connectivity. In some ways, biophilic may sound strange for someone who's going to hear it for the first time, but we look forward to discuss it further on the 7th of December during the Everything Architecture session at the Big uh, Five Global. So uh, the actual design tries to communicate the emphasis of connection between the individuals in the external environment. Now, by not providing any commuting uh, ways, any cars within the city, we allow the people to move out and communicate with this uh, green environment, but at the same time to mix together and discuss about what's happening in the city. I don't know if you have been in uh, during Expo 2020, but the center part of it was always vibrant. At the same time, was a very good comfortable external environment uh, with clear views of what's happening on the city with the plants and all the other greenery of connection. Now, my final question to you. I know that you're going to be building several new, beautiful new neighbourhoods. There's a new villa neighbourhood, there's a new apartment neighbourhood. I've walked around the maps, I've seen the various little houses and the little people around them on bicycles. But the reality is, is that construction itself is not the most sustainable of exercises. Mm -hmm. How are you ensuring that your stakeholders are using the most eco-friendly materials that they can and the most eco-friendly building practices that they can? This is a very good question because as part of the Expo City Dubai decarbonization roadmap, we have included 40% reduction of the carbon related to the emissions of the materials and the construction processes. Of course, the question is how we're going to achieve it. We cannot move forward unless we work with the partners, we educate people, and it's a great opportunity for us to be in exhibitions, global events, where we can speak with suppliers, speak, and actually give out our message what we're planning to do. Without the correct partnerships, this kind of changes cannot happen in the industry. And at the same time, the documents we have provided as part of decarbonization can give the idea to all the people that attend the Big Five Global event what we're trying to do and give a little bit more information where the industry is moving forward uh, as part of what Expo City Dubai is doing. Do you think there are partners out there who are as keen as you are to be environmentally friendly, that are as keen as you to be uh, eco-minded? We believe they are, and we hope to meet them. Dr. Yanni Spanis, an absolute pleasure to have you join us here on the Big Five Global Podcast. Vice President of Sustainability at Expo City Dubai, thank you so much for taking the time. My pleasure. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the second episode of the Big Five Global Podcast and download our new episodes every single Friday. As next week, we're going to be turning our attention towards diversity in the construction industry. To register for Big Five Global at the World Trade Center from the 4th to the 7th of December, head to bigfiveglobal.com.